Are you ready for the latest Habs news, passionate debate, and in-depth analysis from hockey experts around the league? It's the most informative and interactive podcast about the Montreal Canadiens. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast, featured on allhabs.net, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Canadians Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Joseph Whalen, and I'm going to be your host for the next hour. Uh, this is episode 85 of the Canadians Connection Podcast, the Morgan Ellis edition. And uh, I was quite surprised to find out that there actually hasn't been more than one guy that's worn number 85 for the Montreal Canadiens. So there will be no two players that I'm going to name here, but I will introduce my wonderful co-host, Mr. Rick Stevens. How are you doing today, Rick? <laughs> I'm doing great, thanks. And and listen, uh, Morgan Ellis deserves a little bit of time all on yeah. his own. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed meeting and talking to and covering Morgan Ellis uh, for those that don't remember, a uh, fourth rounder in, in 2010. Um, he was, um, he's just an all around good guy and, and uh, uh, just, just a great work ethic, humble, modest, respectful, well-spoken, uh, intelligent kind of guy. And, and uh, on the ice, he was, uh, he had a terrific shot. Um, he came, I think the all-star game they went to the AHL all-star game that is, he had about a hundred mile an hour slap shot and, and uh, excellent first pass. Uh, he was physical, good size. Uh, I think just if anything, it was his skating was a, a bit of an issue. Um, I think he's um, he, he, he was a, he came from the queue. He played for both uh, Cape Breton and, and Shawinigan and, and uh, he's uh, now in the KHL or at least he was last season. And uh, just one of those, you know, from Summerside, uh, PEI, small, small town, same, same place as, um, uh, Gerard Gallant was from. Yeah. And, um, I just remember him, you know, he kind of had uh, that kind of small town, um, work ethic. And, and, uh, I remember him saying to us one time that, uh, his dad always told him, um, that those people in the stands had, had, and I'm paraphrasing, had other things to do. They had other choices to make. And if, if they could give up their time and come to watch you play, the least you could do is, is uh, work hard for them. And um, I always thought that was, yeah, I mean, yep. he, 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 he was very respectful of, of, of the yeah. fans and, and said you, you could never, uh, you always wanted to include them and never take them for granted. And, and I remember in warmups, uh, he would always pick out um, um, uh, a fan and go over and, and not only toss a puck to them, but, but try to talk through the glass to them and, and uh real, real good character guy, Morgan Ellis. That's a, that's a really good mindset to have about, about fans. You know, they do have, there's other ways to spend your money. It's, it's not always the cheapest thing to do to go see a hockey game. So, I mean, certainly that's a, that's a great mindset to have. And I remember Morgan Ellis, um, he was there in St. John's, for the first year that the ice caps were the Montreal Canadiens affiliate. And this was before the year before I covered them. This was 2015, 16, where things really sort of went off the rails for the Montreal Canadiens after price got injured that year. And I was, I was just like, man, like, why is this guy not playing? He could probably be on Montreal's third pair on the right side right now. And, you know, um, I always wish that he did get that opportunity because 
maybe he could have developed into something um, given that opportunity, maybe the confidence who, who knows, but he sounds, as you say, like a, like a fantastic person. Um, yeah. So I uh, wish him all the best as he continues on his hockey journey. Um, so Rick, my goodness, do we have a lot to talk about this week? And we do. That's been true of, of a lot of weeks in the lead up. Really, this is kind of like the, the show that we've been leading up to in terms of the big topic that we are going to discuss. We've been discussing it usually in the first segment for the past number of weeks, which has been the resumption of play, the NHL return to play committee that has been meeting, that has been you know, going back and forth. And we've heard Gary Bettman say that everything is on the table, that they are not closing their mind to something. And this week we figured out that it looks as though they're going to proceed in negotiating with the 24 team format for the playoffs for the end of this season and into the playoffs, I should say. And so we will be discussing that in the second segment, because there is a whole lot to unpack in just that alone. And we had some comments made about Carey Price and the potential threat that he poses in a shorter series than a best of seven. So we're going to be getting to that in the second segment as well. But before we get to that and, and all that comes with it, all the variables and everything else at play, uh, we will start with some news coming out of Laval that has uh, caught our attention. And uh, Rick, this one is, uh, I don't think it's, it's overly surprising, but I mean, in terms of the transactions we've seen the Canadians and the Rocket make in recent weeks, Maybe not one that you would have expected, but the Canadian, uh, the Laval Rocket rather, have signed Yannick Veja to a one-year, one-way AHL contract. Uh, he played in 26 games for the Rocket this year, and he got 20 points, so a pretty productive year, or 26 games rather, I should say, uh, for Yannick Veja. Absolutely, um, he was uh, a mid-season ad uh, when the uh, the Rocket needed some extra bodies, and. Um, and not having a, an ECHL team uh, that they could go to, and you can't always, you know, dip into the, the main Mariners. Uh, so um, Yannick Villeneuve had been playing with the uh, Kalamazoo Wings in the ECHL um, and playing well there. And, and um, he was considering other offers, uh, considering going to Europe, uh, but he got, was contacted by Lavelle. Um, and he said, uh, listen, I... <laughs> I, I know the deal coming from the ECHL. Uh, I'm going to end up on the, you know, the bottom two lines, and, and that's not my thing. And, and uh, so uh, Joe Bouchard uh, made him a promise that he would get uh, top-line minutes, and, and that's exactly what happened. And, <laughs> and to his credit, Yannick uh, Veo, um, who's known as um, you know, not necessarily for his offensive uh, prowess. He's, he's good size. He can handle himself. Uh, he can forecheck hard um, and um, and uh, deliver some thunderous uh, checks, uh, but he produced offensively when uh, when given the ice time and uh, and uh, so he the Rocket have uh, decided that he's one of those uh, veteran type uh, AHLers uh, that they want in their lineup uh, alongside their prospects. So. Uh, he'll be returned whenever uh, the AHL returns next yeah. year. Uh, Yannick Vio will be there. Yeah. Um, and as, as I said, a productive year or productive 26 game stretch for Yannick Vio. Uh, he is in his second stint with the Montreal Canadiens organization, their farm teams. He played 
uh, in St. John's back in 1617. And then when they made the uh, inaugural inaugural season with the Laval Rocket, he was he was there. So back again and uh, producing. So a good bit of uh, news for Yannick Bea. He'll be back next year. Um, sticking with the AHL and the Laval Rocket, uh, Caden Primo was named to the AHL all-rookie team um, in his first season, went 17-11-3. And, um, and, and listen, we, we've talked about the ups and downs that you'd expect from a young goaltender, and, and there were ups and downs this year, particularly in and around the time where he was recalled to Montreal and then sent back down. Um, that comes to mind as, an, as a time that we talked about maybe him not being prepared for that opportunity at that juncture at that point in time in his first pro season. Uh, but all in all, you look at this, this is a really nice honor for Caden Primo and uh, certainly hopefully uh, will, will be a boost to his confidence to come back next year and build on that. Absolutely. I, I, I think, and, and um, when uh, we spoke to uh, Caden uh, during his, uh, his uh, teleconference earlier in the week, um, he acknowledged that it was a, an up and down season and, and, and it certainly was, I don't think the, I mean, the, the recall, as we said at the time uh, to the Canadians had more to do with uh, distract, distracting the, yeah. uh, the, the <laughs> fan base uh, from other issues that were going on. And, and, um, and I don't think that really did him any favors. Uh, although he, he was fine uh, during his call up, he had a really rough December in uh, Laval. Yeah. Um, and then again, kind of the end of January to early February, he, um, uh, he had lost uh, four straight games, I believe it was, and 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 so it it it's the kind of of uh, natural development that you might ex- it takes goaltenders a while in in the AHL, and and uh, I know fans are are excited to see him, and and uh, but as we always do on the show, stress patience for for prospects, and and. Um, so next year he can be working on his uh, consistency and, and another full uh, Laval will do him good. This, this is good for his, uh, yeah. a good boost for him, a good boost for his confidence. Uh, talking to other people around the AHL, it was a bit of a surprise, to be honest. Um, um, of course, the story in the AHL and the NHL was Igor Shosturkin and, um, yeah. um, uh, but just was had played just too many KHL games to uh, qualify as a rookie, although he was a rookie in the, the AHL. So he wasn't eligible for that award. But there were other goaltenders, Michael DiPietro and Utica and, and uh, yeah. Joey Decor, especially in, in Belleville. Belleville with a tremendous season. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, Joey Decor p- played really well for them. So um, there were other choices to be made, but uh, nice that Primo gets the nod. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, you mentioned Belleville as well. Troy Mann's done a wonderful job uh, down in Belleville. Um, but the thing that I go back to is this, and I understand that there's this, you know, you want to see Caden Primo. There's an excitement around Caden Primo. And we talked about this when he was recalled that we said that he was the, the shiny bobble that will distract from everything else that was going on in and around that time. But you have Carey Price. There's no need to rush Caden Primo to the point where he's a backup before he's ready to be a backup in the NHL or whatever it is that you're you're hoping for him to be. You can let him develop, and it doesn't like you said. Patience is key here, especially with a goaltender, a young goaltender. Um, but a great honor to pick up, and you know, there's there was there was some competition there, so it's it's great that he got that recognition. 
Um, sticking with the Laval Rocket, even though he, he, he played, he appeared in a game this season for the Rocket. Um, and, you know, in all of this, this has not been an easy time for anybody. Obviously, this has been an incredibly difficult stretch. But the story of, of Noah Juleson and the fact that he was finally sort of getting back to his, his life, back to normal, back to some sense of normalcy, just before all of this happened, the season was paused and all of that. Um, it, it really, it, it's a difficult thing to, to read but, and to hear about. And he had a conference call this week and he discussed what he's been doing uh, since that game that he played just before everything happened and everything was paused and what he's been doing to try to maintain some of his conditioning coming off of what can only be described as a, as a very ugly injury that has, I mean, lasted, you go back about a year and a half now. It's, it's been a very difficult stretch for Noah Juleson. Yeah, it has. He hasn't played much hockey um, yeah. in the last two seasons. And, and um, with, uh, you know, concussion symptoms, um, as we know from talking to Connor Crisp and, and others, there's, there's not a lot you can do yeah. um, as far as your training goes, um, even off ice. So um, it's, been, it's been really tough. And, and uh, the part of that, that interview that um, I like to hear the most was the fact that he said that he hasn't had any setbacks, that he's, yeah. he's feeling as, as well as he has in, in a long time. And, um, and uh, he's looking forward to getting back uh, on the ice and, and preparing. I, I mean, he was, you know, uh, others uh, have, we've seen others like Kale Fleury and, and uh, um, on, on that right side, but, but we had thought of, um, uh, you know, when he was healthy, uh, Noah Juleson as being a fixture in that spot uh, behind yeah. uh, Jeff Petrie. And, and uh, let's hope that he can, he can get back in the mix uh, uh, again. And I mean, just last week, we talked about potential black aces for the Montreal Canadiens. And we included him, even though he only played one game because of what he was doing at the time that he was injured, the way that he was playing. And as you said, he, he certainly looked like a fixture of that, of that blue line. Um, and someone that you hope would have been there for for years to come. So hopefully he can get back to to that level. Um, so and, wish and, him all the best. Yeah, and you made a, a really good point um, that, um, and I don't I I don't want to get lost that he played one game and, yeah. and how important I think how important that game was uh, the last game that the Rocket played against uh, uh, Belleville uh, for him to get on the ice for him to realize that he can do it and 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 he has he accomplished that it was unfortunate he couldn't he couldn't go any further get getting more games yeah. under his belt but at least he got that one game i think that's huge um for yeah him coming back absolutely yeah that's certainly the i think that's the best way to look at it going forward um uh, moving on to to something that will be of interest in the coming Months, whenever it is that the NHL draft will be happening, we really don't know when anything is going to be now. Uh, but Marco Rossi uh, won the OHL's Most Outstanding Player Award, uh, and he's expected to be—he's expected to hear his name called fairly early in the process, whenever the NHL entry draft is going to be. Uh, so he finished the season with 120 points in just 56 games. So uh, quite the year for Marco Rossi and uh, certainly a well-deserved honor. Well, and, and one of the reasons uh, we want to mention him is, as you said, 
the draft was going to be early, and, and now it's probably yeah. going to be in its <laughs> usual spot after the season. Um, but there's going to be a draft, and the Canadians, whether they draft in that eighth spot or uh, where they end up, uh, we don't know. But the kind, the names that have been tossed around that may be available in that eighth spot, we've heard um, Cole Perfetti from from Saginaw, or, um, maybe Lucas Raymond uh, from Fralunda, Alexander Holtz, but also Marco Rossi uh, has been bandied about as a possible. Uh, uh, Habs pick and and they would be um, you know very fortunate if if uh, Rossi managed to uh, to fall to to uh, into their laps. Um, as you said, he was voted uh, the the most outstanding player in in the OHL and and he led uh, the league in scoring um, the the shortened season in scoring um, with 120 points plus 69. Um, this kid is. He's got offensive talent. Um, I mean, he's, he's, his skating is great. He's quick. He's agile. He's, um, uh, he's got a good shot. He's um, very effective distributing the puck. He's a great playmaker, um, effective on both sides. He's good defensively. Uh, the, he's played on the, the penalty kill, power play. Um, but I think what kind of sets him apart is, is his ability to make decisions um, uh, while the play's going on quickly, while the play's going on to yeah. process, to process what's happening and to make those des- decisions and execute. Um, uh, that's, that's what scouts see that, that kind of set him apart. And, uh, uh, and the fact that, you know, size is going to be an issue He's five, nine, uh, but that he doesn't play like that. He's, uh, he's going to have to build up his strength, but he's not afraid to, uh, uh, to get his nose dirty and, and goes in and wins um, um, more battles than you, you might expect. So, um, yeah, interesting background, um, you know, yeah. uh, coming over from Austria, kind of um, when's, when, when's the last time the Canadians had a, a player from Austria, maybe Thomas Vanek, I guess. But, <laughs> um, but this, I, I, this is a, uh, a guy we're going to be uh, talking about more as, as we get closer to the draft, but uh, congratulations him on, on winning and well-deserved uh, OHL's most under, uh, outstanding player. Absolutely. And as you said, yeah, we'll be discussing whenever the time is appropriate, we'll be, we'll be discussing some prospects in the upcoming NHL entry draft. And he is one to certainly keep an eye on and, and hope and just hope that he falls. If Montreal is in that eighth spot, hope somehow that you can potentially get a guy like that who, as you said, can process the game very quickly. But there are a lot of great prospects in that range nonetheless. So I think the, the Canadians will be happy, whoever they come out with. Um, but, Rick, moving on, before we get to the resumption of play, big topic, and segment two, I think it's important to put all of this in a, in, in a wider context because it's not just the NHL that's been affected by this. Of course, it's been every sports league. It's been everybody, everybody around the world. But when you're talking about sports in particular, I think to put this into context of where the NHL is compared to where other sports leagues are in terms of a resumption of play. And we got some really interesting news just before we went on the air about the NBA. And it was Tim Reynolds of the Associated Press and Adrian Wojnarowski tweeting about the resumption of play in the NBA that are that is seemingly uh, beginning to take shape in some form with the idea that it would be in Orlando 
where previously it was thought that maybe it would be Orlando and Las Vegas. Now it's looking like it's going to be a hub city of Orlando and it's going to emanate out of Walt Disney World and the ESPN wide world of sports complex where they will house the players, they will have the games and they will have practices. So that is the plan for the NBA. This is not expected to be something that is going to start in the next month. It's not going to start next week. It's not going to start tomorrow. It's going to be July. They're eyeing late July for this to come to fruition. But this is their plan as of this moment. And as I said, just before we went on the air, this this came out. So in comparison to where the NHL is, NBA sort of in and around the same sort of ballpark. You have the MLB, as I say, ballpark, (laughs) who are not really in that position just yet because there's been some back and forth between the owners and the players as far as what the contract situation is going to be. Um, There's going to be a new economics plan that's going to be proposed to the Players Association on Tuesday, and that was reported by Evan Drellich of The Athletic. So they are moving in somewhat of a there's a direction that they're moving it's just not really going as rapidly as the nba and the nhl who uh you know want to get these finish this these seasons that they've started wrapped up the mlb um doesn't seem to be in, in that same kind of rush uh the cfl uh we may have heard they won't be returning until at least september so uh randy ambrosi's had some issues with getting you know the the funding that he thinks that he would need for the season um, and then you have uh, WWE. I remember when they were included in this conference of all the sports <laughs> the commissioners around the, the United States. People were like, why are they included in this? But WWE, for what it's worth, have been ongoing since all of this happened. They've ran shows and pay-per-views just without fans in attendance from their performance center in Orlando. Um, and then UFC has also run events as well. So just worth mentioning to provide the larger context of the sporting world before we get into the NHL return to play. So do you think I've covered all the bases there? I think so. I, and, and um, in addition, this past week we had uh, NASCAR return and, and yes. uh, they returned to uh, a couple of races in Darlington, Kevin Harvick uh, taking that first one. Um, it, it, it's, it's interesting. It was interesting that there was so much more attention, I think, uh, to a NASCAR race than usual. And it was yeah. unusual to see uh, the empty stands and, uh, and the, the, the pit area may be uh, less uh, congested than it usually is. And, and uh, um, how is, how is, how is the coronavirus affecting uh, all of these, um, the, the, the leagues, the pro sports leagues, even the, the um, you know we we just talked about the OHL. How is it going to affect uh, them? Uh, when when's the AHL ever going to return? Uh, we look. We're hearing from the NCAA how yeah. um, it's been difficult for them, and and in fact um, because of of the impact and particularly the financial impact and and the the uh, rule that uh, the NCAA sports programs aren't going to uh, return until. Um, students return to campuses. Uh, there's, we've seen cuts already. We, we talked to um, Mark Friedman early in the week, and he was talking about the baseball cuts at um, at Bowling Green. We saw Cam Talbot tweeting uh, this week uh, his alma mater, Alabama Huntsville, cut a 
uh, their hockey program. Um, that's the first Division One uh, program that's uh, that uh, we've seen being cut. And all of these things have an impact, and they they reduce the opportunities for uh, for players. Uh, you know, there's a lot of players that a lot of Canadian players that were playing at uh, Alabama Huntsville and with the Chargers, and and um, all of this is. You know, all of the leagues, whether they be pro or amateur, are going to have to take this into account in how they're able to uh, work out the safety aspects, work out the financial aspects, uh, and and uh, and uh, in bringing sports back. And and that's why, yeah, you did a great job, uh, kind of outlining, um, kind of setting the the groundwork uh, for us now to uh, talk about where the NHL's at. Absolutely. And we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to discuss all of this as it pertains to the NHL, their resumption of play. So stick around. We'll be back after this. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are located in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. And we're back here on the Canadians Connection podcast. And Rick, so after weeks of speculation, talk between, you know, the NHL, the NHLPA and, and Gary Bettman, Bill Daly saying that they weren't going to, you know, sort of close their mind about any of the possibilities. Seems like for now, the traction that has been gained with the 24 team format seems like it will be, they voted last night and it seems like they are going to pursue in negotiating to to get this ironed out with this particular format 
Yeah, it 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 seems that that we're we've got some momentum in a and and it wasn't easy getting there, but there there is no. some momentum <laughs> in a particular direction, and um, it's a bit complicated, and uh, we've noticed uh, some misinformation out there in in social media land. So um, it probably is worth a minute or two just to review what has been uh, agreed to uh, so far, and and. Um, this wasn't, uh, we, we wondered what would happen if, if, uh, a vote was taken by all players, uh, in the NHLPA, it didn't happen that way. It was the player reps, uh, that, um, had a discussion and then, um, and then a, a vote of the player reps from all 31 teams. And, and they were presented this, uh, 24, uh, team return, uh, to play format, um, and their vote, uh, simply uh, authorizes further negotiations um, because there's lots to work out yet. Um, and it, it's important to say that, that there wasn't, it wasn't unanimous. Um, they only required 18 of 31 votes to pass this thing, uh, which they got. Uh, but as Bob McKenzie said, uh, that, that, executive committee, the NHLPA executive committee teleconference on Thursday, and I got really heated. Uh, he described it as raucous and uh, Chris Letang later, who was on the call confirmed uh, that was, uh, that was the case uh, because uh, there are really strong feelings out there. And uh, the main sticking part um, from what we hear was that there was, um, you know, certain players, player reps had issues with teams that were being included in this uh, who hadn't had very good seasons. And you can imagine that pertains to the Montreal Canadiens <laughs> and the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, but, um, you know, the, a lot of this has been pushed by the NHL from a revenue standpoint. It sounds like they are uh, had the potential of losing uh, one in the neighborhood of $1 billion. And of course, uh, half of that is shared uh, from the players. So, um, you know, they're having to put the balance on. There's there's a multiple balance here, a, a three-dimensional balance, as it were, between the finances, uh, between the integrity of the game, and between the, the safety and health of, of the players. Yeah. Um, so now Donald Fear, the, the executive director of the NHLPA, he's, he's got a mandate. Um, and... Um, and it's it's going to happen. And um, so what we know is that um, the top four teams in each each conference, that's eight teams, have made the playoffs. That's confirmed. Yeah. Eight teams have made the playoffs. We also know that the bottom seven teams in the in the overall standings, uh, and it's going on points percentage, as I understand, the bottom seven teams are eliminated from the playoffs. So that's what we know. We know there's eight teams in. We know there's seven teams not in. The remaining yeah. 16 teams are eligible for a play-in round. And that play-in round is going to determine the other eight teams who will be participating in the playoffs. So, um, you know, I've seen some some stuff on, on Twitter. Um, Canadians are in the playoffs. No, they're not. <laughs> they're not. <laughs> uh, they're not. Not yet. They have an opportunity no. to be in the playoffs. Um, if, if they, uh, beat the, well, and you're going to talk about the, the matchups. 
yeah. but we should we should remind everybody that uh, the standings where we went out here is that the Canadians had 71 points in 71 games and they were, you know, at least 10 points out of a playoff spot with, um, according to sports club stats, a 0.03% chance of making the playoffs, which is essentially a 0% chance of making the playoffs. Now with this play and play in structure format, uh, their odds uh, increase substantially uh, to Mm -hmm. uh, making the playoffs. So, as you said, we'll be discussing the matchups in this proposed format, this 2014 format. And as you said, the top four teams in each conference, they're not going, they're getting a bye and they are in. They are already in. They don't need to earn their spot. And those teams would be the Boston Bruins, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Washington Capitals, and Philadelphia Flyers in the East. And then out West, you have St. Louis, Colorado, Vegas, and Dallas. So they would receive those buys, but they are still there's there's still conversation about what they will be doing. So there might be there's going to be a, a tournament between those teams, and there could be potential jockeying of the top four positions. There's a lot of variables at play here, and this is from Chris Johnson at Sportsnet. There's a lot of different things that could be happening. So maybe a, a matchup that is expected to happen at this moment in time won't be happening because of that jockeying that could be happening. So that is something to, to just bear in mind. So if the, like we're saying the matchups, the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Montreal Canadiens, the winner would play the fourth seed. So without that jockeying, that would be the Philadelphia Flyers. With that, we don't really know. So that's just something to keep in mind. But as I said, Pittsburgh, Montreal, that would be of particular interest for Montreal Canadiens fans. Carolina versus the Rangers, the Islanders versus Florida, Toronto versus Columbus, and then out west in the pl- first play-in round, you have Edmonton versus Chicago, Nashville versus Arizona, Vancouver versus Minnesota, and uh, Calgary versus Winnipeg. So this is, as we said, this is all very much early in the process of, of this conversation, but those would be the matchups in this proposed 24-team format. And Rick, I think as, as we've sort of discussed here and and you alluded to just a moment ago the play-in round is is not called the playoffs is it so there's a bit of a difference between saying the Montreal Canadiens have made the play-in round for the playoffs the opportunity to get there and the Montreal Canadiens have made the playoffs because that's been a lot of the conversation that we've seen on social media since this has sort of been announced yeah there's been um and 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 you might expect it from, yeah. um, you know, the, the Bergevin apologists, let me call them. Uh, I saw someone tweet, uh, and Mark Bergevin is officially not the third Hab, uh, Habs GM to miss the playoffs three years in a row. So there's, uh, they're popping the champagne corks so they don't have to defend Bergevin. But, but it's a little early yet because yeah. the Canadians are not in the playoffs just yet. They they just have an opportunity. And, yes. and um you know, there's there's still a lot to be worked out. One of those things that was negotiated as as uh, um, and I'll, I'll I'll mention some of the other issues that had to be that still have to be worked out. But one of those issues originally the the um, the play in round was uh, 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 proposed as three games, a three a best of three yes. um, uh, uh, play in game and there was strong objection around the league. Um, and the, the name that kept coming up 
over and over again was Carey Price. We don't want a best of three. We need a best of five because what if Price steals a game? Steals game. Yeah. And that was a, an article from Larry Brooks of the New York Post. And he said that there would be uh, growing support. There was growing support for the first round, the play-in round of this format of the uh, the what will be the playoffs, but this will be the play-in round. There, there was strong support for it to be a best-of-five series that would, to a degree, temper the impact of a hot goaltender. And listen, when we've talked about Carey Price on this podcast, whether it's the athletic player poll where he won the Game 7 goalie, where this was the guy that team that, that guys would want on their team backstopping them in a Game 7, or it was the NHLPA player poll uh, a couple of uh, just a month, couple months ago. Time has lost meaning, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but the NHLPA player poll as well, when they said that Carey Price was the best goaltender, whatever it is, Carey Price has the respect of his peers, and that has never been more clear than right now, because when you're talking about this, you're talking about a potential of a team with 71 points that could be in the playoffs if they beat the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's a big if, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to get into that. But, <laughs> but Carey Price, he has got to scare you if you are a team like the Pittsburgh Penguins who have fought very hard to get where they are right now, which I'm going to be touching on in, in just a few moments. But that makes absolute sense that Carey Price would figure into this because Carey Price has the reputation of being the best goaltender in the world because he is capable of stealing. If you want to play a best-of-three game series, that means Carey Price has only got to steal two games, which he can do if he's given a little bit of support. And if the Montreal Canadiens are fresh, who knows? Maybe he gets a little bit more help than he usually would uh, in, in the course of this season. Wasn't getting all that much. So who knows? But Carey Price, as we, as we said, figured into the, the negotiations of this 2014 format. And that's, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> well, it's, um, and Elliot Friedman summarized the comments of, of one uh, unnamed uh, NHLer who said that uh, two out of three against Carey Price is not fair, given that his team had zero percentage points play in the playoffs. Yeah. So um, that, that was the, the grumbling that, that was going on and uh, putting Carey Price uh, in the discussion um, to pulling out one player. And, and there, it was said that, uh, that um, you know, Patrick Kane's name was mentioned, uh, but not in the, to the same degree that uh, Carey Price was actually used in the negotiations. I thought it was, and, and this might come as a surprise to uh, some fans, um, some Montreal fans, given the amount of criticism he gets, but that he is really well-respected around the league by hockey people and by players. And, and so much so, I thought it was funny that uh, one of the Montreal media, one of the mainstream media folks uh, uh, was doing a Q&A and uh, was asked something about uh, uh, Carey Price, and he said that um, uh, he feel he felt that uh, Price was overrated by the players in the league. Um, well, <laughs> shouldn't they know? I mean, shouldn't they know? They face <laughs> him every day. Um, shouldn't they know better? Maybe he's underrated by the Montreal media, and, and there's all kinds of reasons yeah. for that. But I thought I thought that was very amusing. And just to interject briefly, 
if you have the best goal scorer of your of his generation, Alexander Ovechkin, who mid game after Carey Price makes a blocker save, go up to him and offer him a high five or a little fist pound, whatever it was, that to me says all you need to know. That that is a guy who scored more goals than anybody over the last ten years, and he knows that Carey Price is is pretty much the best at what he does so that's part of it too and that's i think that's a good example of a time when we've seen that respect on the ice but it certainly exists if you look at the player polls that we've discussed this year for Carey price but beyond just that the the idea of a guy being in the playoffs when he is a dominant player but his team is not so much there what are what have been the other issues that have that have come up in these negotiations when you're talking about having teams in the mix that wouldn't be there otherwise. Um, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of excitement, obviously, because we haven't had yeah. news and, and, and a step has been taken towards um, yes. <laughs> the return to play. But my goodness, there is a whole laundry list of things yet to be worked out. And those will be negotiated just as, as this uh, return to play format was. And I just made a, a quick list and <laughs> I filled my page Um, first of all, I I guess, um, just relating to something you said, uh, and that was, uh, the, the top four, uh, in each, uh, conference, uh, are going to get somewhat of a buy, but they're in order to get them games, they're going to be playing and those games are going to mean something with respect to seeding. Uh, and just, you know, are you going to be able to move up? Uh, from bottom to top, uh, are you going to be able to move up a place? Uh, what, what's that going to look like? So all the, the details with respect to seating have to be uh, figured out and negotiated. A uh, timeline, the, the whole timeline, um, you know, we've, there's kind of been a rough schedule that, that maybe training camps open early July, maybe games in at the end of July, but that timeline has to work, uh, be worked out. And, and uh, attached to that is the critical dates calendar. And on the, the NHL critical dates calendar is everything from when free agency starts uh, to when contracts end to when the draft is to all of that. All of that has to be worked out. Um, in addition, you got to, I mean, all of the health and safety protocols, um, and, and we talked about that, you know, is there going to be full face shields? Is there going to be? Um, um, you know, no scrums is a fa- are the faceoffs going to be there? All of those health and safety protocols have to be uh, worked out, as well as uh, the testing. It, 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 we expect that they'll need daily testing uh, for the coronavirus, and and the ethical concerns about you know is that fair when uh, people in in the community wherever they might play. Um, may not be getting the same access. Uh, what about family members? Um, what about roster size? Um, all of those things have to be worked out. The Can- Canadian U S border is still closed. Uh, what about visas? Um, how many hub cities are there going to be? Is it going to be two? Is it going to be four? Will any of them be in Canada? Um, and will, you know, will players uh, come to their hometown and then go to the hub city as was, uh, talked about um, early, but that might mean crossing the border multiple times. I know in the NBA, the Raptors uh, have talked about going directly to their hub city. Yeah. Um, there's the whole economics of the issue. There's 
Will will fans, we were assuming fans um, won't be in the building, but we've heard that maybe they'll be uh, a, um, in the building for the Stanley Cup round, the final round. That We know the NHL has modeled uh, how they would put 2,000 to 4,000 fans in, in, a, in an arena, how to get them in, how to get them out, uh, all of those kinds of things. Um, uh, players have, uh, in other leagues, have talked about the medical impacts, uh, the long-term health effects. We've seen um, lung scarring and, and damaged kidneys and, and those kind of issues. And, and uh, again, referencing the NBA, they've committed to uh, lifetime uh, health care coverage for the coronavirus um the nhl hasn't and and we should remind people that uh five members of the ottawa senators have been diagnosed as well as three members of the colorado avalanche so what i'm saying is um there's there's a lot of it and what we mentioned those seven teams that are not in the playoffs what to do with them uh, yeah, <laughs> who may be off the ice for what seven to nine months, depending on yeah. on how this all works out and how they stay engaged with their fan base and and uh, maybe having a special draft just for uh, the first seven. Um, all of those things have to be worked out and negotiated. So good first step, but my goodness, my uh, like I say, I have a full page of issues uh, that I have yeah. questions about. So I guess this leads us to what we think of this format and what we think of, you know, obviously there's a lot of variables at play here. So I'm just going to speak about what I think of the format, the actual hockey that will be taking place, because there's a lot I can say about the the, the fact that maybe players could be, as, as Philip Deneau talked about, he thought that it would be inhumane to separate families to get this done. So there's, there's those issues that we, we will need the logistics of this situation and those negotiations to be ironed out before we can talk about that. But just from the hockey standpoint of it all, the fact that if the Montreal Canadiens in a best of five series, where as we were talking about with Carey Price and Carey Price better than just about any goaltender can exemplifies the fear of playing a hot goaltender and perhaps a fresh goaltender as well with Carey Price maybe having a little bit of time where he's not starting basically every game to recharge his batteries a little bit. And so say that the Montreal Canadiens return to play and you have Carey Price and you have the Pittsburgh Penguins who the Pittsburgh Penguins, my goodness, they have scratched and clawed to be where they are right now, just on the outside looking in of that top eight that we were discussing in each conference. They have 86 points this year. They have had two players that have played every game for them, all 69 games. And I understand that that's, that's a rarity. They're, you know, guys come in and out, have the flu, you have, you know, something going on. You can't make it, you can't play a game. They've had plenty of guys that have played in the sixties, but they've not had, Sidney Crosby for 28 games. They have not had Jake Gensel for 30 games. They have not had Evgeny Malkin for 14 games. They have not had Patrick Hornquist for 17 games. So you get my point. The two guys that they've had for every game are Marcus Pedersen and Teddy Bluger. And and no disrespect, Teddy Bluger is one of the best names, I think, in the entire NHL. (laughs) But to have that guy, to have those two as your stabilizing forces that have been there at the ever presence of your team every night compared to what Montreal, when we we've talked about it time and time again, 
when Montreal Canadiens fans have brought up that the Montreal Canadiens have been injured and depleted by injuries. Well, listen, the Canadians have had four guys that have played all their games. That's two times more than the, than the Pittsburgh Penguins. And they could have five guys because you've had Max Domi, Philip Deneau, Petrie, Jeff Petrie, and Nick Suzuki play 71 games. Arturi Lekkinen played 70. He was a healthy scratch in one of those games. He could have been a guy that played 71. And you could argue that those five guys are more important to the success of the Montreal Canadiens than Marcus Pedersen and Teddy Bluger. And again, no disrespect to those two guys. But if the Montreal Canadiens, this is a hypothetical situation that I'm going to discuss here, so just just follow my logic for a second. If the Montreal Canadiens, with the benefit of having Carey Price, as Larry Brooks laid out in that New York Post article, if they go in to that play-in round and they beat the Pittsburgh Penguins, who, as I said, sat with 86 points in the third spot of the Metropolitan Division, the very tough Metropolitan Division, Penguins not being involved in the playoffs, potentially to match up with the Philadelphia Flyers if things stay as they are with the top four seeds, that to me, regardless of if you're a fan of the Montreal Canadiens, that would just, you look at a team like the Pittsburgh Penguins, the narrative arc of their season, the things that they've had to overcome to get to where they are, and the Pittsburgh Penguins are a team that I picked back in January, and this might be part of the reason why I would be upset if they get eliminated because of, of this sort of format. I, I, I picked them to win the Stanley cup in January because I thought that the Pittsburgh Penguins win in years where you don't really expect them to perhaps that's not true of their last one in 2017, but 2009 and 2016, think of all the things that went wrong before eventually you get the, the end of the year where the, they're hoisting the Stanley cup. So for me, I would be upset on behalf of the Pittsburgh Penguins if they get eliminated because Mon- Montreal has Carey Price. They played they they had 71 points in their 71 games played. They have Carey Price who has the capacity the ability to alter games, to completely change games in in a fashion that not many goaltenders do. So that to me would be just short of a travesty for the Pittsburgh Penguins to be eliminated in that fashion, if that comes to pass. And then what happens with the Montreal Canadiens when they play a team like Philadelphia, or if there's some jockeying of position, then perhaps it's a Tampa Bay and that's not a favorable matchup. If it's a best of seven or if it's a, whatever it might be, the Montreal Canadiens, it's, it's very difficult. And I understand that they are not in a good position right now. This is the, the best way to do it that's fair to most everyone. But as you said, the inclusion of the Montreal Canadiens and the Chicago Blackhawks should rightly perturb some of the teams that have very, very much so earned the spots that they have. And that's my point here. The Pittsburgh Penguins, if they get eliminated by Carey Price and Shea Weber to an extent, obviously, and, and he himself said that he didn't think that it was overly fair to a team like Pittsburgh but this, this is something to think about, and this is where I immediately went when discussing this format. Pittsburgh Penguins are going to beat you on, on special teams and <laughs> skill, and, and yeah. that might take some time to, to work out timing and, and exactly. uh, to get on a, on a roll. So it's, it's uh, very much uh, up in the air, um, and, you know, uh, you're, you're absolutely right about the injury part. Pittsburgh – 
I, I know Canadians fans like to um, think that this past season was tough, a tough injury one. It wasn't. It was about average. Uh, Canadians were yeah. about in middle of the road when it comes to injuries. Pittsburgh, by any measure, whether you look at man games, whether you look at uh, the impact players, uh, yeah. they were at the top of the list, um, uh, top of any list when when it came to um, effective injuries, and still they were able to uh, overcome that. Um, th- this is kind of I, – I, I see a lot um, – I, I, I see a real split in the Canadians fan base. Uh, there's those who love this immediate gratification kind of thing, and, oh, we're in the playoffs, and anything can happen kind of thing. But those who really understand the organization know that the Canadians – had a bad season they really had a yeah. bad season um you know uh on on pace for about an 82 point season uh which 14 points down from uh, the previous year it's it's uh, not what some had expected they expected them to take a step forward rather than a step back uh and what usually happens when an organization organization has a bad season a couple of things uh, there's, there's, they become, they're under scrutiny. They're the forces of management to um, uh, evaluate and make tough decisions. It gives them an opportunity in the draft because of a higher pick and all those kinds of things um, are going to be in jeopardy, which all of those things would, would be beneficial to the long-term, long-term health um, uh, of, of the Canadians. And those might be in jeopardy. Uh, if the Canadians uh, manage to to get through this, um, I guess I'm going to go back to something I said earlier, though. And and um, you know, I talked about that 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 three point balance, the the safety and health aspects, the integrity of the game aspects, uh, the finances, and it seemed like that that's being turned upside down. That the finances are driving. Uh, a lot of the decisions uh, and I understand that you, the, the, the league needs to be healthy, but more so players need to be healthy. Uh, fans need yeah. to be healthy. Uh, and you need to, you know, if, 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 if these, these uh, results are going to count, there needs to be some integrity to the game. Um, I saw a, a tweet by um, Steve Cornianos um, on Twitter. And he said, uh, he said this, uh, Bottom line is simple. NHL games must resume. Current players will have to bite the same bullet the owners and their staffs and employees have been biting since March. Players need to suck it up for the greater good and trust the league to meet their medical security needs. I found that ignorant and absurd um, and and dangerous. Uh, And it was quickly challenged by uh, Murray Atis, who's uh, a great reporter for uh, The Athletic covering the the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Murray said, uh, not even close to the same bullet. Dollars and lives are not the same thing. Exactly. If there is, in fact, a way to proceed with a sense of safety and the players sign off on it, yes. Okay, give me that hockey. But suck it up. Yeah. The moral imperative here is safety, not a spectacle. We don't need a spectacle. Um, and, you know, uh, the thing that concerned me uh, in, in this effort to include markets like Chicago, include markets like Montreal, is you are adding an extra, um, say, eight teams. And if with expanded rosters and staff and everything, you're going to figure on 
uh, 50 uh, uh, players per 50 individuals per uh, for a team, that's an, you're adding 400 uh, people to the mix. And we know the more people you add, the more opportunity there is for positive tests for the virus to spread. Um, and, and, and that, that's what bothers me. In addition to the whole discussion about um, safety and, and uh, the, the safety aspect is in addition to the whole aspect about integrity and whether certain uh, teams deserve to be there um, or not. And, and, and I think as we're hearing uh, the pushback from around the league, that, that the players feel that too. GMs feel that too, that, that for uh, the, the organizations who've had a bad year, uh, they don't deserve to, uh, to be lining up there, but hopefully uh, with the, the rules that they, they put in place uh, that, um, that the, the play in round works out as, as it should uh, the teams that should be in the playoffs uh, get there. We know there's going to be some upsets, but um, yeah. let's let's hope that uh, those upsets upsets happen in the playoffs, uh, not necessarily in the playoff round, which uh, may be a bit of a travesty. <laughs> and you pointed out something that is very important in all of this. We want to make sure that this is safe. That is the first and foremost priority. You are 100% right in pointing that out. And anyone saying otherwise, this they've lost the plot this is first and foremost the return to play is about making sure that it is safe to return to play because some of the conversations that have been ongoing in all sports leagues have been well if there's going to be a positive test maybe we'll just have to keep going and we'll figure it out as we go and if you're having that conversation then you're already you're, you've already lost it's 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 not morally speaking it's it's i don't think you can go on after that and this is something that needs to be taken with the utmost um, uh, sense of, of just making sure that everybody out there that is going out and playing is safe and everyone that is around them, coaches, whoever it might be, that they are safe. And that's, that's got to be the priority here. And I think that that should be the way that things go. But as we know, there are variables at play here. And um, we'll, we'll see how it all turns out. <laughs> but Rick, with all that said, we've we've talked about a lot of uh, of this format and the return to play and all the sorts of elements and variables that that surround it. So we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll check out the bracket challenge that has continued into round three, where we've had two really interesting matchups this week uh, between a, a two groups of. of great forwards for the Montreal Canadiens in the 2000s. You had Zaku Koivu taking on Brendan Gallagher and Thomas Plekanich taking on Max Pacioretty. We'll get to those results after a quick break. Stay with us here on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs 
when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to showyourhaves.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit Rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. And we're back here on the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow me on Twitter at Joela19. You can follow Rick at All Habs, and you can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Rick, I understand you have a tweet before we get into the bracket challenge. Yeah, and I think that, uh, as I said before, uh, the, the fans that I've talked to, there seems to be a, a genuine split down the middle as far as um, um, excited and, and anything can happen versus um, – you know, this, this doesn't make any sense. And we have a tweet from Evan B bagel too on, on Twitter. Love our Habs as much as anyone else, but we'll be outdoors with families and friends doing fantastic activities in the sun. Instead of watching that money grubbing watered down behind closed doors, end of the season. Our, and, and one where our team has no business being in the playoffs this year. Um, and, and I think that uh, there's, there's, and I, I talked to uh, 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 Mike, our good friend Mike, uh, on the phone, and he was talking about, um, you know, we understand this season's going to be disrupted. How about just uh, focusing on making sure that next year is, is uh, which was the original uh, kind yes. of uh, uh, message that we heard coming out of the NHL, um, that, that they were going to do everything they could uh, to uh, protect uh, next season, uh, but that's that's changed around quite quickly. So um, I, I guess you know there's there's lots of opinions out there, a bit of a split. But we'd love to hear from you. We'd we'd really love Absolutely. to hear from from you. We'd love to hear from you on on Twitter, on uh, our um, All Habs fan page on Facebook, uh, or as always, you can send us a text at our Rocket Sports text line, which is always open five eight five three rocket five eight five three rocket and if you don't know what the okay i'll say it because someone said uh, what is where's the rocket on my phone uh it's five eight five three seven six two five three eight five three rocket there you go <laughs> uh got it good and since you've understood so rick um we'll move on to the 
bracket challenge, which Mike and I have been working on. We've been ranking these players internally, and we've gotten these matchups, and we've gotten as far as the third round here of the forwards of players that have played for the Montreal Canadiens in the 2000s. And boy, oh boy, we had two really interesting matchups this week. And one of them uh, saw two number 11s going at it. You had Zaku Koivu, captain of many, many years for the Montreal Canadiens, tied for the longest captaincy in Montreal Canadiens history. And then you had Brendan Gallagher and perhaps maybe the recency of Brendan Gallagher and the impact that he's had uh, the last number of years. Maybe that would shine through and, and he would win out on this one. But Zaku Koivu got 63% of the vote to Gallagher's 37. Uh, all in all, I think that's a little bit closer, um, you know, given the fact that Zaku Koivu, I think in his two previous matchups, it was uh, Oleg Petrov. He started out and got 98% of the vote. Richard Zednik was just about the same. And now Brendan Gallagher put up a real fight here against uh, Zaku Koivu. And we have Neil Findlay in the reply saying that was a tough one. So uh, really, really getting into this difficult area where you have some fan favorites really going at it. And, and this one, 63 to 37, I think that that was a, a really good matchup. And, and Gallagher got a, 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 lot of, a, a lot of love there. And that's, and that's you love to see that. Um, and then the second group, I, I was a little bit surprised by this one. I'm not going to lie. It's Max Pacioretty against Tomas Plakanic. And Max Pacioretty... He's got 52% of the vote to Placanich's 48. There's still time left to vote on this. This is not final. And that is true of the other one for the next three hours, the Koivu and Gallagher. If you haven't cast your vote, you'd like to, you can go and do that right now. And, and same, is, same is true of this one, Max Pacioretty, Thomas Placanich. Still another day to go on this, on this poll. But right now, we've got Max Pacioretty in the lead with 52% of the vote. And I understand it. Yeah, obviously, these are two great players that the Montreal Canadiens had, I thought that the longevity of Placanich would get it done for him. And given the fact that there was this bit of a bitter, bitter feelings between Pacioretty and the Canadiens organization and, and the fan base as well, um, nearing the end of his tenure, for whatever reason, I, I didn't think that it was quite warranted, but I thought that it would go Placanich's way. But I guess the 30 goal seasons really made an impact for the Montreal Canadiens fan base here with uh, Pacioretty currently in the lead with 52% of the vote. So, uh, so Rick, what do you think of those two uh, results thus far? Well, it's, um, yeah, I, I think you could expect Saka Koivu and, and well-deserved yeah. uh, win there. Uh, still another day left in the uh, Pacioretty yes. versus Placanitz, and, and um, that could change rather quickly. But whatever happens, and, and we should encourage you to, uh, go to the um, the Canadians Connection um, um, Twitter account that's at Habs Connection um, to register your vote. Um, whatever happens, it sets up for a, a really good uh, final. Um, yeah. Whether it's uh, Patchetti Placanitz or Placanitz versus uh, Saku Koivu, and then we we continue on into uh, into the the go beyond the forwards. That's right. Yeah. Yep, go into uh, some defensemen, some goaltenders, and we, we, we're working on a wild card bracket as well where you've got guys that maybe haven't played long enough or maybe didn't play long enough to have the impact to be ranked in the top 16 of their respective divisions of forwards, defensemen, and goaltenders. So we've got our wild card bracket to, to just sort of round it out as well. So we've been working on that one, and that one will be coming up after 
we go through the defensemen and the goaltenders. But yeah, Rick, this is gonna this is gonna bring out some really interesting results, especially as we get towards defensemen. I feel like defensemen, that's gonna be one because the Canadians I, I think they were they've been deeper on the back end over the course of the, the last the twenty years than they have on up uh, up front. I think that's been that's been known for quite some time, given the fact that they've had some issues scoring goals. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So we'll be keeping that going on for you. Um, just love to hear your comments. As we said, uh, uh, Neil commenting on the one about uh, Gallagher and Koivu saying that was a tough one and, and it's going to get tougher in the final. So we'll keep that going uh, for you here on the Canadians connection podcast. But right before we go, uh, before we sign off for another week here on the Canadians Connection podcast, anything you'd like to say? We just want to thank you all for continuing to include us um, wherever you are in in uh, a lockdown or a return to work situation, uh, taking us with you um, uh, in your headset and and um, making the Canadians Connection uh, your essential uh, Habs podcast. Uh, we want to thank uh, all of the first responders and essential workers and, and everybody from um, those in hospitals and paramedics to, to those stocking the shelves uh, um, and keeping, keeping uh, our, the economy going. And, and, um, and we also want to thank uh, those of you who are staying at home and not putting others at risk, or if you're going out, yeah. uh, making sure to, uh, to wear a mask. Um, and um it, this this has been a, a, a very difficult time. Still is. Uh, there's lots of yep. of um, of uh, difficulty out there yet. And um, uh, but we we thank you for connecting with us. We thank you for for following the podcast so that you can keep connected with not only Canadians news but also uh, sporting news and NHL news. And and we're we're really pleased to bring that to you. Uh, the other thing I'll say is is that don't forget about from the press box. Uh, that's our podcast about the prospects and uh, a- the AHL that comes uh, every Tuesday uh, w- that I co-host with uh, Amy Johnson. So, um, and, and don't forget about allhabs.net where you'll find uh, all kinds of uh, articles to catch up on. And, and uh, Chris G's got one coming out for you on Monday. His, uh, his rocket, no- his uh, Canadians notepad. Absolutely. Always great content coming out, out at allhabs.net. And as you said, from the press box as well, you can find that podcast as well as this one, The Canadians Connection, on all your favorite podcast platforms, Overcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Google Play. Just search for Rocket Sports Radio and hit that subscribe button and you get both of them. Uh, I will echo everything that Rick said. Please be safe. Continue to do what we've been doing. It's the only way forward. And And I will just add, please, in this time, reach out to your loved ones as well. If you have uh, you know, if if you've been neglected, neglecting to do that, make sure you do that. Because as Rick said, it's it's a very difficult time for everybody, and it's just we need we need to to share that. We need to spread spread love in this difficult time. So, uh, Rick, with all that said, we'll sign off for another week here on the Canadians Connection podcast. We'll be back with you next week at 1 p.m. Eastern. That is 2:30 Newfoundland time. Thank you for tuning into the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs Connection and visit allhabs.net.